0: Hey St. John, welcome to the Post Sermon Podcast. I am Deacon Estalia, and with me today is Vicar James. Hey, how's it going? Good. So today we're discussing your sermon from Easter 4, also Good Shepherd Sunday. Now I am curious, Good Shepherd Sunday, does it always fall on Easter 4?
1: Yes, always on Easter 4. Um, Yeah, so it's a time of the year when the, when the, the kind of the the focus is the Good Shepherd, so the texts always revolve around Jesus talking about himself as the Good Shepherd or as apostles talking about it. So yeah, so the whole theme just revolves around this idea of Jesus being the good shepherd. Even the psalm uh, for this Sunday is, is has the, the shepherd motif in it.
0: Yeah, and I thought the hymns, too. Yeah. I mean, they went with that theme very nicely, too. Yeah,
1: I actually. Uh, yeah. Have uh, no fear, little flock. Uh, mm-hmm. Olivia uh, picked out those hymns, and uh, and because they really actually went really well with the, um, uh, the text I was preaching on, Psalm 23, we, I don't know if people noticed, but we actually didn't say uh, or didn't read Psalm 23 because we sang it several times.
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah, I don't think I made that connection yeah. yesterday. But that's cool. So tell me a little bit about the text that you preached on
1: yeah so this is psalm 23 it's uh it's the iconic uh, shepherd text It speaks about god shepherding his people um god leading his people god protecting his people god being there um during times of evil and um god providing for his people forever um it's it's a very familiar text i mentioned that in the sermon it's probably one of the most iconic texts in um, all of um, of the scripture, maybe the only more recognizable one, is John three sixteen. Um, but yeah.
0: I was going to say, even people outside the church are probably a little bit familiar with Psalm twenty three. Yeah, least parts yeah.
1: of it. It's it's really really uh, and it, it's a good song. It's a Psalm. It's a really great scripture, um, and so it uh, and it's it's a comforting text for a lot of Christians. I
0: was going to say a lot of people have it memorized. I remember going to nursing homes where there might be people who have struggle struggle with memory, but. They usually know Psalm 23, King James Version. Why did you decide to pick Psalm 23 and not one of the other assigned readings that have to do with Good Shepherd?
1: Well, I did bring a lot of the other texts into the sermon, talking about how Jesus knows his sheep and his sheep know him. But um, when I was doing my um, prep for the sermon, I was kind of focused on the word want there, you know, because we, we say, you know, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. But then we stop and think about it we want all the time. And so um, I thought that was a good line. And then, um, you know, the opening line of the, of the psalm, which we don't sing, but uh, it's in scripture, it says, this is a psalm of David. And then we think about David and how he wanted. And so, so I really wanted to focus on that, that first verse, you know, I shall not want. So that's kind of how, the reason why I focused on that particular text.
0: So what was the problem that the sermon sought to identify?
1: Well, there's two problems. Uh, the the obvious one, of course, is that. Um you know we uh, we want all the time we 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 go through this world and we desire things sometimes these things are sinful desires and other times these desires of ours these wants of ours are just a, a product of the world we live in you know bad things happen around us and we don't want them to happen and we don't uh, we want uh, we want answers from god we want to know why these things are happening so that's one problem in the text uh, that I wanted to deal with was the um, the desires that we have and the wants that we have. And the other problem um, is sort of more subtle, and that is is that um, we tend to read ourselves into texts a lot. Um, you know, we look at the Bible and, uh, and we go, oh, this is talking about me. And while the text isn't primarily about us, it is, uh, you know, there is, there can a, you can make a connection there. The text is primarily about Christ and what he has done for us. And so, so that's a second problem, a little more subtle.
0: I'm glad you brought that up. I I like that in your sermon when you mentioned that primarily the psalm is about Christ first is what I believe were your words. Yeah. Um, And it is very easy to like be focused on ourselves and like think that a a particular passage in scripture is talking about us first or we Mm -hmm. put ourselves in the center somehow. Um, So I am curious just with the book of Psalms. And how can we read and and pray the Psalms? Is Christ always that, that focus of them?
1: Jesus says in the scripture multiple places, he says it in John 5, you know, that the scriptures testify about him. And so I think whenever we pray the Psalms or read any part of scripture for prayer, you know, we have to keep that as the central focus of the text uh, of of what we're talking about here, the the scriptures are really God's story, all right. God's story about how He's uh, redeeming a sinful and fallen world, and He's redeeming it through Jesus. Ultimately, that is uh, where we're going, all right. And so the Psalms are really focusing us on on this work, right? Uh, so we pray the Psalms with this in mind, and the different Psalms can uh, you know help us to pray in different ways. We they can can help us to lament about problems that uh, we have in our lives. They can help us celebrate or give thanks, giving to God for the wonderful things that he does. They can comfort us. But we should always pray these uh, with the ultimate story in mind, that the entire scriptures testify about Jesus and about how God is working uh, through Christ to redeem the entire world. So that's how we should pray them and how we should focus on them.
0: Yeah, no, that's interesting. And the, the Psalms, they are God's Word, and He now gives us these words that we can pray to Him.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think that's that's a good way to think about it, because, uh, you know, a lot of times we, we struggle, you know, to pray. I know I I do struggle to pray extemporaneously, like off the top of my head, but we have this great treasury of words that God has given us, especially in the Psalms, that we can use to pray to God uh, about, like I said before, our, our lamentations, our problems, and how to you know give Thanksgiving you know and and seeking comfort and so yeah it, God's words are um, also a great comfort and He gives them to us so that we can pray them.
0: So then going back to Psalm twenty three, that first line, "The Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want." So then you're saying these are or looking Jesus as being the the one who's praying it. This is applying to Jesus. Jesus first, Him saying these words, correct?
1: Yeah, and so Jesus is actually the one who is walking through the valley of shadow of death, right? He shall fear no evil.
0: Is he calling God the Father his shepherd? Yes. Do you think that was— Yeah,
1: yeah, it's God shepherding him. In fact, the the opening line there, um, we we, we translate it Lord, and I think that we um, often—
0: We think Jesus as Lord. We think
1: Jesus. It's actually Yahweh. So, um, yeah, so it's not— the lord in the in the sense that it's jesus per se you know so it's it's god is my shepherd and i shall lack for nothing right and so and so that's kind of more of the sense so it's jesus walking through this valley of shadow of death being shepherded by his father as he moves towards his father's house, right? And so and so um, we can take great comfort in this psalm because it is Jesus who has walked this path, he's the one who was successful at it, and he comes back into the valley to get his sheep, right? And this is where some of the other, um, you know, um, sheep metaphors come in. He goes in and, and um, you know, he's the good shepherd who lays down his life for the flock. He goes into the, sh- uh, the valley of the shadow of death and search for the one Sheep leaving the hundred or the ninety nine behind, right? So he's always in the valley looking for his sheep, and so and I think that's one of the reasons why we can take comfort in this psalm is because uh, God shepherded Christ through this valley already, right? And then Christ comes back, appointed by God to be the good shepherd and uh, to seek after his sheep,
0: who will now walk with us through that valley.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think one of the reasons why uh, you know it's it's more helpful to look at it this way is because. Um, when we do walk through this valley the psalm says i shall fear no evil but the reality is we we do fear evil and sometimes we're even the cause of evil right and um you know it says i shall not want but we do want all right we want all the time right and so when we read this text and we go well maybe this text not talking about me that's true it's actually not talking about you not on the not primarily anyway you know it's talking about jesus going through this valley but but we can take comfort because we are in that valley. and Jesus comes back, you know, and he comes back and gets us, and seeks after his lost sheep that are in this valley. And then he guides us through the valley.
0: And so we're now able to say these words of his uh-huh. in our prayers with confidence, knowing that he's our shepherd and because he's our shepherd, we shall not want
1: exactly, you know. And on this side of the the new creation, we we take these words by faith, we understand them by faith. But uh, when we enter into the new creation, we will know them through experience. We will we will not want then.
0: I have one more question about the I shall not want part. You had various examples throughout your sermon of people who were struggling with wants or desires that were sinful. Correct. I think yeah. those were the ones mm-hmm. you said. So I guess. Something I was wondering was, what about those wants and desires that we can even say are God-given, that are, that are good things that we know we are lacking? Would you say that that same law and gospel applies for, for us there?
1: Yeah, I think so, but it's a, little, it's a little trickier to apply, because I think in this case, what we're really dealing with is doubt, Part of wanting is not doubting, and so we're we desire things like you know, for example, we desire our relatives to um, you know to to come to faith, right? We mm-hmm. want like them your to
0: previous sermon. Yeah, 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 we
1: want them to come to faith, and we desire that, and that is a and that's a good thing, all right. And so I think. Um, where it kind of can get a little tricky though is is that when we we doubt God's plan for this or we you know we're not sure of how it's working, and so now we're not really just wanting that to happen. We're now in the realm of doubt all right and so I think it gets a little bit more murky there, and so sometimes I think our wants are just products of the world that we live in, and sometimes they are products of our own sinful uh, nature and our doubts,
0: yeah, and I think any. Or to add on to that, any want or desire that you know, whether it's it's evil, rooted in doubt, or even desires like you mentioned with the relatives or, or other things that are are good to want, um, we can still sin against the first commandment and put that above God. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we should still fear love and trusting in God above whatever want or desire we have, if exactly. it's sinful or not sinful.
1: Exactly. So we can, you know, we can pray, we can pray for our relatives to come to faith, but we need to just, we ultimately need to trust in God, right? beyond what we want.
0: Where do we find the sermons teaching in the small catechism?
1: Mostly we find it in the Lord's Prayer, Um, give us this day our daily bread, all right? And so this is where God teaches us to pray, Jesus teaches us to pray, and uh, part of that prayer is trusting in God to provide for our wants and for our desires, uh, to essentially just trust in Him. So I think that's where we mostly see this uh, uh, lining up with the small catechism. We also see it, um, of course, in the, the... the second commandment which uh, which we talked about in our um children's message, right um, you know calling upon God in every trouble all right in times of trouble, trusting in him uh, giving him prayer and praise and thanksgiving
0: yeah, I was just gonna say I've been talking about this with the the women in my Bible study about second commandment i, I asked them like where where do we get that commandment to pray and it, it is found in the second commandment, especially in the meaning that we're to call upon God in every trouble, pray, praise, and give thanks. So I have a hearer submitted question. It doesn't specifically have to do with your sermon, but something that we all see every Sunday. Um, so the the banners that are under the screens. How did the evangelists get the animal representatives, which I believe are called the tetramorphs?
1: Yeah, that's so. A mouthful, how did?
0: Huh? Yeah, so looking at those um that are on the banner right now how did how did they get those how
1: do we get there how do yeah. we have these funny animals please on the, tell us about it yeah, oh yeah so um <laughs> yeah so like you said these are called uh the tetramorph where
0: does that word come from
1: uh, uh i'm not actually sure where the word itself comes from um tetra means four. morph just means form um and so um i know that uh It came from Jerome. Uh, Now there's, well, I should back up just a minute there. There's various different um, tetramorphs out there, but the predominant one and the one that's on our um, banners came from Jerome. And essentially these are, animal representations or symbols that represent the beginnings of the scriptures uh, or beginnings of the different gospels, okay? So for example, um, Matthew is the man, all right? And the reason he is symbolized as the man is because his gospel starts out with a genealogy. Uh, Mark is a lion, all right. Um, and the reason he's a lion is because um, he's roaring in the desert with prophetic power. And then Luke is uh, an ox, um, and because uh, Luke's gospel begins with uh, the temple sacrifice. And then John uh, is an eagle, um, and he begins his... Um, text by explaining who Jesus is, you know. And so he's uh, flying heavenwards like the divine word, All right. And so that's, um, that's where the tetramorph comes from, and so those are the symbols on those banners back there. And Jerome probably pulled that from uh, Ezekiel chapter 1 where he reads, um, as for the likeness of their faces, each had a human face. The four had the face of a lion on the right side. The four had the face of an ox on the left side. And the four had the face of an eagle. Such were their faces. So it's probable that Jerome pulled that from Ezekiel. And um, he was just trying to figure out which gospel these um, these different faces represented. In. And so that's uh, most likely where we got this from.
0: Well, thank you so much for taking the time to discuss the sermon with me. You're welcome. I, I do have one announcement for those listening. We have an Ascension Day service, which will be the first time that St. John has done one. It's going to be May 26th at 7, and you are preaching, correct, Vicker?
1: That's what I'm told.
0: All right. Very good. Well, I'm looking forward to the service. It'll be really nice. So one more time, that's going to be a Thursday, May 26th at 7 here at St. John, our Ascension service. So this wraps up the episode for today. Thank you for listening to our discussion. If you missed today's sermon or want to listen to it again, the link to the sermon is in the show notes. You can also find the sermon on our church website, stjohndublin.org. If you, the listener, would like to submit a question about a sermon, please email us at podcast at stjohndublin.org. Or if you'd prefer to text a question, please text the phone number found in the show notes. Thank you, Vicar, for joining me and for feeding us the word this week.
1: Thank you for having me.